Hey there, future friends! This week, we're gonna give HR a heart attack, ball may be life, but you still gotta make money, and when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. This is the week of December 10th, and you are listening to episode 266 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, my friends, and welcome back if you are a repeat listener, and if you are, thank you so very much. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners, and if you ever say hi, I will say hi back. Unless your name is Critter, in which case there's a good chance I may miss the message. That's a throwback to the days of uh, the question of the week. But enough of that. So my friends, if you've been around a while, you know that I recently changed the way the show works. And while I'm not going back to the way things were... Just if you haven't seen the first look at Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, do it. It's, I'm so excited. But my future friends, let us not beat around the bush any longer and start talking about the movies. And just a reminder of what I do here on this show, I talk about all of the films coming out during the week. Everything from a tiny, tiny release movie that just gets a release in New York or L.A. to a nationwide release and everything that I can find out about, or notable, that I can find out about coming to streaming. I break them up into two categories. First, the limited release films, where I just tell you what the film is, what it's about, and who's in it, and maybe give us a thought or two, but then I move along. And then I have the wide releases and interesting indies, which are movies that did catch my eye. Movies that made me go, hey, this looks pretty good. So I tell you what it is, what it's about, who's in it, give my thoughts on it, and I give a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score, which goes anywhere from a 0 to an 11. And just a reminder, an 11 is a 10 that just gets me really excited. Like, pop the biggest of nerd boners. But my future friends, let us jump into the first segment, which now is the limited releases. First, we have a film coming out called Red Rocket. Mikey Saber is a washed up porn star who returns to his small Texas hometown. Not that anyone really wants him back. This stars Simon Rex from the Scary Movie franchise. I really can't tell if this movie is supposed to be a comedy or if it's supposed to be a more of a drama, or even a dramedy. I, I don't really know where this falls, and I was a little confused with the trailer. Because it seemed like it was trying to be funny, and then it got really dark, and I I just don't know. I, I say skip this, because it's too familiar of a storyline. Someone leaves town, uh, does something, like maybe they're in jail, or in this case a porn star, and they come back to town, and they're not really wanted. No one really wants them, because they, they remember what they did, or have some bad past or something so they have to try to make it right it's just been done a million times before and the trailer did nothing to show me that it's going to be good next up we have a movie called the last son an outlaw attempts to end his evil family line this stars heather graham from boogie nights sam worthington from avatar machine gun kelly from project power and thomas jane from the expanse 
This one almost made it into the wide releases because it does have a lot of promise, but it, it, it just didn't do enough to make me go, yeah, okay, I can see myself watching this one day. It does have a good cast. I think Sam Worthington is slept on way too much because he did so many big movies back to back to back uh, right after Avatar came out. And he can do more than just be the blockbuster movie star. And I think we just need to remember that. We need to find him roles that remind him or remind us of that. And this could be that role, but I I just don't know. Because we have Sam Worthington as this guy trying to hunt down his kin or his children who he thinks are evil or something. And his son, played by Machine Gun Kelly, is kind of evil. He's kind of a huge ass. Oh, and it's a Western. I forgot to say that. It's, It's a Western. So if you like Westerns, this could be your movie. Next up, we have a movie called Off the Rails. Three 50-something women set out to repeat the European interrailing adventures of their youth after their close friend passes away, leaving them rail tickets and the final request to take her teenage daughter with them. This stars Kelly Preston from Battlefield Earth, Sally Phillips from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Ben Miller from Bridgerton, Franco Nero from Django Unchained, Peter Bowles from Victoria, Andrea Kaur from the music group The Coors, and Dame Judi Dench from Shakespeare in Love. This one just didn't interest me, and it is, as always with the show, a personal choice. This one didn't interest me. It gave me vibes like something targeted to older women, like a Book Club or... Oh, I forgot. There's one from earlier this year, too, and I can't even remember it. I had to look it up. Queen Bees is what it's called. And... While I am very glad that we have movies that are made for an older older generation, movies that can be targeted for someone my parents' age and go, hey, this might be for you. You might understand these jokes. But as for me, I will skip this. Next film in the limited section is called Mosley. A species of creature known as Thorophants rebel against their life of servitude and embark on a treacherous journey to find the fabled city of uprights. This is an animated movie featuring the voices of Lucy Lawless, Tamora Morrison, John Reese davies and Reese Darby. If I'm being honest, out of all of the Australian animated movies I've talked about on the show, this one does look like it's the best quality. But that doesn't make me want to see it. The story's just so basic. So we have these kind of animals that look like some sort of camel if George Lucas had designed it. Which is funny, because Django Fett himself, uh, Tamora Morrison, is in this movie. But we we have these weird-looking creatures, and they're beasts of burden, and then they escape. Escape because they heard a legend once that at one time they walked on two legs and then were subjugated by humans or, or something like that. And while this may be great for your kids, maybe one day if it comes on streaming, play it for them. Just put it on and they can sit and watch it, and they'll have a good time, I bet. But for everyone else, I say skip this. This doesn't look like one of those animated films that everyone can enjoy. Like, I just gave... Oh, what's that podcast? Let's see if I can find it. A new podcast a shot today. Well, not new-new, but new to me. The Final Take. uh, The Final Take podcast. uh, Two guys talking about movies. They have twice the amount of hosts I do. Two. Uh, But they were talking about Encanto and how, how great it was. And I would look at the trailer of Encanto and did and go, yes, this is something that 
I think adults and kids can equally enjoy, but it's something great for a family. While this one, it might be the kind of thing that you put on at home to keep your kids entertained and you're just on your phone or you're reading a book or you're doing anything else, maybe chores, I don't know. Cute but skippable. Next up, we have a movie called Agnes. Rumors of a demonic possession at a religious convent prompts a church investigation into the strange goings-on among its nuns. A disaffected priest and his neophyte are confronted with temptation, bloodshed, and a crisis of faith. This stars Molly C. Quinn from Castle, Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Browning from Bright, Chris Sullivan from This Is Us, and Haley McFarlane from The Conjuring. So my friends... If you listened to last week's episode, you may remember I talked about a movie about this nun who thinks that Jesus is talking to her, and she's also having a relationship with another nun there, and I brought up the SNL skit where they make fun of movies like that, calling it a lesbian period piece. This is that if then they added demons. So last week's movie, but just add demons into the mix. And while this does have potential to be good... Because you know I love me a good scary movie, especially when it's ghosts and demons and shit. While this could be good, the trailer just, it didn't convince me. While I am excited to see Molly C. Quinn do more acting, because the last time I saw her was in the show Castle, and that was just a basic police procedural. Uh, I am excited to see her do more, but I'm not sure if this is it. I'm not sure if this is the one that I'm going to watch. Because I like Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn is great. But if I get a, if I need a Sean Gunn fix, I can just rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy or Gilmore Girls. If I ever watch this and I do end up liking it, you will know. Because probably in a future Halloween episode, I'll go, hey, check this movie out. It's a good horror movie and not a lot of people know about it. But until then, just skip it. My future friends, we have one more movie left in the limited section and it's called Famous. Famous was filmed live on stage in the height of the Me Too movement, inspired by the lives of young Hollywood stars like River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Heath Ledger, and Corey Haim. Famous takes you on a nonstop thrill ride behind the glamorous world of young Hollywood and into the mind of A-list celebrity Jason Mast. What appears to be a night of celebration for his first Oscar nomination turns out to be an intricate plan to confront his past. Driven by a devastating need to expose the truth, Jason attempts to control the outcome of the evening and ignites a chain of events that pushes the boundaries of real friendship and reveals the true cost of fame. That was too long. This stars Chris Kattan from A Night at the Roxbury and Josh Pafchek from... The Zoe Valentine YouTube show? I guess it's a YouTube show? I, I don't know. So if you know me, you know I hate it when a company releases a crazy-ass premise like that trying to upsell itself so much instead of just, oh, this is the basic premise. But with this one, I understand why they gave us this super long premise. Because if you watch the trailer without this in mind, you'll have no f- clue what it is you watched and while i do like the idea of something addressing the me too movement while i do like the idea of something addressing the cost of fame and what happens to young hollywood stars or what can happen and unfortunately has happened to young hollywood stars while i do like that and i love the fact that this was filmed live on stage that that is another thing that i would normally love it just looked like a gigantic mess 
It felt like Damien Hurst when I know I want to make a movie. Actually, that may be a little too out there. Jeff Koons. Jeff Koons, the balloon dog animal person. Yeah, more like that. I forgot if I talked about it on the show or not, but there's just sometimes where something that was meant for the stage is recorded and then released on on TV somehow, streaming or on DVD or whatever, or even turned into a movie like Cats, and it just doesn't work. Something is missing in the translation, and Cats is a perfect example. Even if the cats themselves didn't look like horrific furry wet dreams, even if they kept costumes similar to the original, it still wouldn't have worked because it's a stupid story. It's a stupid fucking story. And you really need that theater experience to be able to put that to the side and go, okay, this makes no sense and is really dumb, but these people are crushing it in this song. The costumes look amazing and I'm, I'm watching a fucking musical. I have a feeling that Famous would be so much better if you actually can see it on the stage. Because, unless it's the case of just a really, really bad trailer, which has happened before, let's be honest. Unless it's the case of a bad trailer, something is going to be lost in translation. And that's why I think you should skip this. Even though I love Chris Kattan. But fun fact, I listened to his biography where he talks about his time at SNL, and it made me very sad. All right, my future friends, that is it for the limited release section. We have 13 movies to talk about in the next section, but some of them will be quick, so it's not going to be a super long second half. So stay tuned, and after the break, we'll come right back with the wide releases. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. All right, we're back with the show. Special thanks to Robbie and Lisa. Thank you for still playing my ad, even though the show hasn't been consistent the last few months. Thank you for that. I, I do appreciate it. So we do have some movies I'm going to talk about oh so very briefly. And we're going to start with Citizen Ash. 
I did talk about this last week, I think, and that it does look very interesting. It's getting a slightly larger release, still limited, and I don't know like how many theaters it's going to. But if you remember, Citizen Ash explored the tennis career of Arthur Ashe and his impact on tennis and HIV activism. If you remember, the week this came out, it was coming out in New York only, which is a really, really weird thing to do. Like, I get it if it's like maybe a super artsy movie or something. You want to do this like hipster New York premiere, maybe, but but it is getting a slightly larger release. It still may come to HBO Max. I don't know. Last week, I gave it a score of an eight out of 11. And I still think that's a good score. Next up, we have a film called Don't Look Up. This is getting a limited theatrical release, and it's coming to Netflix on the 24th. We will be talking about it more then. So let me just give you the lowdown. Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. But the trouble is it seems like no one cares. This stars Leonardo DiCaprio from Inception, Jennifer Lawrence from American Hustle, Timothy Chalamet from Dune, Kate Blanchett from Elizabeth, Jonah Hill from Moneyball, Melanie Linsky from Castle Rock, Meryl Streep from Sophie's Choice, Ron Perlman from Hellboy, Mark Rylance from The Trial of the Chicago 7, Michael Chiklis from The Shield, Tyler Perry from Medea Goes to Jail, Himesh Patel from Yesterday, and musicians Kid Cootie and Ariana Grande. Yes, it's that big Netflix release that's been touted for a while. It's finally coming out. If you want to see in the theaters, it's coming out this week, but Netflix, we have to wait until the day before Christmas. I will give this movie and the next movie a full score then. The next movie is called Being the Ricardos. It's getting a release in theaters this week, coming to Amazon Prime on the 21st. And I have found two conflicting reports about this movie. The first report is that it's a limited release. Second is that it's a nationwide release, and I don't know which one to believe. So to play it safe, I'm going to talk about this when it comes to Prime. A lot of us already have Prime, so I'll talk about it when it'll be available for most people. This follows Lucy and Desi Arnaz as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. This stars Nicole Kidman from Batman Forever, Javier Bardem from Skyfall, Nina Arianda from Goliath, J.K. Simmons from Juno, Alia Shawkat and Tony Hale from Arrested Development, and Jake Lacey from Rampage. Both Don't Look Up and Be in the Ricardos look really, really good. And I think it's a smart idea for them to release this in theaters first and then in streaming, not only because it makes them eligible for awards, but also because it can build hype. So people who do go to the theaters to see this will talk about it. And if it's good, it will get hyped and hyped. So when it comes out on streaming, it'll get those views. So once again, theatrical release this week, Amazon Prime the 21st, Don't Look Up, limited this week, Netflix on the 24th. Let's talk about one called Back to the Outback. We talked about this one last week, and it's finally coming out on Netflix. Tired of being locked up in a reptile house where humans gawk at them like they're monsters, a group of Australia's deadliest creatures plot a daring escape from their zoo to the Outback. This is an animated film from Australia that features the voices of Jackie Weaver, Guy Pearce, Isla Fisher, Eric Bana, and Wayne Knight. In the previous episode, this was in the limited releases because it looks terrible, and it still looks terrible. This gets a 4 
out of 11. Next up this week, my friends, is a movie called To What Remains. This is getting a limited theatrical release. A team searches for pilots whose planes went missing during the Battle of Peleliu in World War II. So this is a documentary about something people are really doing, you know, like documentaries do. So this one is about some divers that are searching for missing planes that were shot down during World War II during the Battle, what was it, of Peleliu? I think I'm saying that right. Probably not. But the thing is, you don't just go into the ocean and go, oh, hey, there's a plane. That must be a person. Or that that must be a plane that was shot down because it's not that easy. Guess what? Shit grows on things. Life uh, finds a way. And stuff like coral and algae and plants, underwater plants and stuff, grow on these things so they can actually look like they're supposed to be there, look like rocks and stuff. So they kind of have to just go around and look going, hey, this weird rock could be part of a tail of a plane. Can we maybe see the rest there? This does look really interesting and something really important because there are still unaccounted for people who were lost during World War II. Hell, probably lost during every f***ing war we've ever had. But you can't help everyone, and sometimes you just have to choose something to do, and these people chose this task. And I think it's a great thing they're doing, and this looks really interesting. To What Remains gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, next up, we have a first for the show. I don't think I've talked about anything from this uh, streaming service before. This movie is called American Refugee, and it's coming to Video On Demand and Epics. Okay, to be fair, it's not actually a streaming service. It's a channel, a cable channel, but you can get Epics, I think, on Amazon Prime, maybe Hulu. Don't quote me on that. But this movie follows a family seeking shelter in their neighbor's bunker. When the American economy is in collapse and the danger inside is greater than outside. This stars Derek Luke from Antoine Fisher, Erica Alexander from Living Single, and Sam Trammell from True Blood. This one does look good, of course, because it's in the wide releases and interesting indies. But it looks good because it's a familiar concept. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, that Cloverfield Lane. I forgot what the address was. Something Cloverfield Lane. Was it 10? 10 Cloverfield Lane? Something like that? I never actually saw it. But this vibe that, hey, we're in this post-apocalyptic setting, and this family tries to do their best, but they don't have all of the fancy gadgets and shit that their neighbor does. So when their house falls, and they have to run for their lives, they run to their neighbor's house who doesn't want to help them, but the neighbor's kid or something lets them in, in a very kind of purge one sort of way. But guess what? It's not that simple. And the next door neighbor is a little weird and a little creepy. It's kind of weird that this person who has this underground bunker and a bunch of guns is kind of weird and scary. And another comparison I draw to 10 Cloverfield Lane is that it does look interesting, but I don't really need to see it. I'm not really chomping at the bit. It doesn't really make me go, oh, yay. Hey, I have to see this. But look, I'm flying to the UK later this month. And if I saw it on the in-flight entertainment, I would be like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it here. But I wouldn't actually go out of my way to see this film. But if I one day stumbled upon it, who knows, I could really like it. It seems like a good idea that's familiar, but it also tries to do its own thing. So that's pretty damn good. American Refugee gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, we have another one we've talked about already. 
of this is coming out on Prime this week. It had got a limited release last week called Encounter. Two brothers embark on a journey with their father who is trying to protect them from an alien threat. This stars Janina Gavankar from The Morning Show, Rory Cochran from CSI Miami, Riz Ahmed from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Octavia Spencer from Fruitvale Station, Shane McRae from Sneaky Pete, and Antonia Jamarillo from Mayans MC. And when I was writing my notes, I forgot to put this in the other section because I'm not going to say a lot about it. But what, what I will say is I will reiterate the fact that this is interesting in the sense that we don't know if this threat, if the alien threat is real. We don't know if it's a real threat or if it's this soldier who came home from war and is slowly losing his mind. And I would like it if the alien threat was real, because then it kind of gives me Midnight Special vibes, if you remember that movie with Michael Shannon, Kirsten Dunst, Adam Driver. Um, who else was in it? Let me, ha- I have to actually look this up. Jaden Martell, who was in It. The one about this dad who's trying to escape with his son because his the government wants his son and he has powers, but the government makes it sound like that he's just some crazy dad who kidnapped his own kid. Uh, so people be sympathetic and look out for him. This movie reminds me of that, but it could be a lot darker. Looks pretty good. Encounter gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have an interesting looking documentary coming out on HBO Max. If you're a fan of disco or Saturday Night Fever, it's called Mr. Saturday Night. This is the untold story of Robert Stingwood and how he amped the disco era. So this is a documentary coming out on HBO Max. Uh, I'm not terribly interested in it. I think disco's cool and all. There's a couple songs I like. Earth, Wind & Fire and the Bee Gees, pretty dope. But I don't need to see this, but maybe you do. Maybe you're a big fan. If this is for you, let me know what you think. But for me, it gets a 5 out of 11. All right, my friends, we have five movies left. The next one is The Unforgivable. This is a Netflix original movie. A woman is released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime and re-enters a society that refuses to forgive her past. This stars Sandra Bullock from Speed, Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vincent D'Onofrio from Full Metal Jacket, and John Bernthal from Fury. And that is a great cast. I, I love this cast. I think Sandra Bullock has is not done showing us what she's capable of. Uh, Viola Davis could read a phone book and it would be amazing. I'd watch it. D'Onofrio, I think, when it comes to the mainstream, is very, very slept on. I mean, if you're a big movie fan, you probably understand how great Vincent D'Onofrio really is. But I think he deserves a lot more love than he gets. And John Bernthal is actually growing on me a lot. Because I first saw him in Walking Dead, and I thought his character was awful. I just hated his character. And luckily, that did not carry over into the movies he's been in. Because I've watched him, I thought, hey, he's pretty damn good. Especially in Baby Driver and The Accountant. Those two were really good. But with this movie, it's yet another movie. Uh, There's been so many this year, so many every year. And I feel bad saying it because it is an important story. But at the same time, how many movies have we seen about someone getting out of prison and how hard it is for them afterwards? And even though their crime could vary, sometimes they're innocent, sometimes they did do it, but there's a big story behind it. Sometimes... They fully deserve what happened to them, but we never fully let people pay for their crimes. They get out of jail, but we're still like, oh, no, you're a criminal. You can't vote. Uh, It's going to be hard for you to get a job. Basically, go f*** 
yourself. But just because prison reform and reforming our justice system is such an important topic doesn't mean this is a movie I want to see. Sandra Bullock looks good in it. But you know what? Nicole Kidman looked great in Destroyer. It didn't make me want to see it anymore. The good news is, if this interests you at all, then it is coming to Netflix this week. So hey, you already have Netflix or you're already borrowing someone's Netflix, so why not check it out? Unforgivable gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, friends, we have a movie called France. This is getting a limited theatrical release. A celebrity journalist juggling her busy career and personal life has her life overturned by a freak car accident. This stars Leah Seydoux from Spectre. So not only is this movie called France, it's also from France. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you may know that I have a hit or miss relationship with French films. I either really like them or it's the hottest garbage I've seen in a long time. France looks like it's on the good side. Leah Seydoux looks like she crushes it in this role. Because we have her playing a celebrity journalist, like I said, who people totally love and then turn on her once this incident happens. And that's such a very, that's such a very believable premise because that happens to us too, right here in America. We can have someone, a journalist or a celebrity of other sorts, loved by people and then something happens and then people turn on them. And remember, listeners, cancel culture has always been around. It has just never moved this fast before because of social media. That was just a little aside. But France does look good. I hope it's coming to some streaming service. And this is just a reminder to check all of the other ones, like some of the free ones, like Tubi or Canopy. I've talked about Canopy before. It's that one that you can uh, get some free streams with your library card. And they do have some good movies in it, but nothing huge, nothing that I would talk about as a nationwide release, really. Like, I have Canopy up here right now, and the Jennifer Aniston movie Cake is here. Uh, I'm Not There, the um, Bob Dylan biopic, uh, Together Together, with, um, who is in that? Ed Helms and Anna Conkle. Nothing great, but hey, it's free. So if you do want to watch France, uh, I'd take a look out for it sometime middle of next year to come to some sort of streaming service. But just be prepared, always be prepared for these movies to go to one of the lesser-known services. France gets a 7 out of 11. All right, friends, next up, we have a movie called National Champions. This is the first of the nationwide releases, only two nationwide releases. This is the first of them. This follows a star quarterback who ignites a player's strike hours before the biggest game of the year in order to fight for fair compensation, equality, and respect for the student-athletes. This stars Stephen James from If Beale Street Could Talk, J.K. Simmons from Spider-Man, Alexander Ludwig from Vikings, Kristen Chenoweth from Pushing Daisies, Timothy Oliphant from Justified, Tim Blake Nelson from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Jeffrey Donovan from Bird Notice, David Cochner from Krampus, Lil'Rel Howry from Get Out, and Uzo Aduba from Orange is the New Black. And to anyone who knows how that last name should really be said, I am very sorry. I have not heard a fucking thing about this film. When I saw it listed as a nationwide release when I was doing the notes, I went, oh, this is obviously some mistake because I have never heard of this film. But here it is. Here's that cast. That is a great cast. And we have a movie about something very, very important. 
college football, college sports makes a lot of money. I'm not talking about a community college or one of the smaller colleges. Nothing wrong with them. Of course, nothing wrong with them. But I am talking about the big colleges, the ones that have games that are part of conferences like the Pac-12 conference, the, the ones that get prime time TV coverage and have all these ads playing with them and makes all this money. And what do the, what do the players get? Not a single f-ing thing. So that right there is an important conversation. But then what was really interesting to me is that in this trailer, a character brings up this question going, hey, it's great you're looking out for you, but what happens if they give you what you want? What happens to women's sports? What happens to a sport that's not football or basketball? What happens to these other college programs? Because if they have to pay you now, or if they have to pay athletes in general, how many programs are going to get cut? How is that going to affect everyone else? And that's a fantastic question. Because it's one of those questions that we have to wonder, but also shouldn't be a reason not to do something. It's like one time my boss saw me in the office and I had my headphones in because I was doing the bookkeeping. No one else in the office. Uh, I didn't have the phone, so I didn't need to man the phone. And he said, you know, you should take those out. It's not fair to everyone else. That's not my f***ing problem. And while that's not a one-to-one comparison, the fact that it might affect other people shouldn't stop this conversation about how can we make this fair. It just gives us something else to look at. So it should make us ask a new question. How can we treat these players properly and make sure that other people don't get f***ed over in the process? Because then, hey, maybe they don't cut any sports. Maybe they pay all their athletes, but now tuition rises. Does tuition need to rise? No, but these people want to keep their profits. I think this is an important movie that talks about an important conversation, but we have to remember that we still have a pandemic going on, and I also don't think this is a movie that you need the big screen for. I think you'd be perfectly fine watching this at home, so if you wait, that's great. I bet you some streaming service will get it, or it will come to to video on demand eventually, so you can watch it then. But for now, let me tell you that National Champions gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my friends, we have two movies left, so let's talk about the last movie that's not the pick of the week. This is coming to a limited theatrical release and video on demand. It's called The Hating Game. Resolving to achieve professional success without compromising her ethics, Lucy embarks on a ruthless game of one-upsmanship against cold and efficient nemesis Joshua, a rivalry that is complicated by her growing attraction to him. This stars Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars, Austin Stowell from Bridges Spies, Corbin Burnson from Psych, Sakina Jaffrey from Snowpiercer, and Yasha Jackson from The Flight Attendant. So my friends, The Hating Game is based on a book from 2016. It was the first book by author Sally Thorne. Uh, she's an Australian author who writes about romance. Romance is her game. And The Hating Game is, just like it sounds, a hate-to-love romance. It was delightful. But I'm going to be honest with you, if you don't like romances, don't check this out. Like, not at all. There is nothing for you here. And I'm not saying that because I'm judging you. I'm just saying that to be honest. Romance isn't for everyone. In my group of closest friends, there is absolutely no one I would recommend this to. And I love those guys. So no hate. But I do want to say, if you 
do feel like a lighthearted rom-com. That just gets a little dirty, but not super smutty. This could be for you. And also the book could be for you. Any library should have it. Just check it out, read it. It was fun. But here's my issue. This was a huge book. And I'm actually a little confused as to why it's just getting a limited theatrical and video on demand release. I was at least expecting a stream, a major streaming service, or yes, even a nationwide release. There have been less popular books that have been turned into nationwide releases. So this one confused me a bit. And I think the cast is good. Having read the book, I like Lucy Hale and Austin Stowell. They fit as the main characters. The thing about this book and thus, the thing about the movie is that it's 100% predictable. Super predictable, but it's one of those books slash movies where it's okay that it's predictable because it's the outcome you want. You don't read a lighthearted romance or watch a lighthearted romance just to watch the characters break up and have them both be sad and, you know, terrible ending. Everyone's crying. You don't want that shit. The trailer doesn't even pretend to hide the fact that this is anything but a romance. So my friends, if you are looking for something lighthearted or you're a fan of the book, check this out. And this book is actually a wonderful example of the modern state of lighthearted romances. When I was younger, I read some Nora Roberts and she is a powerhouse of an author. She has written so many things. And she is known for her smutty romances. She's still going. Those are still going strong. It's still a popular genre. But books like this have been popular for a long time now. Books like The Hating Game. So if you are a fan of romance or you just want something lighthearted and relaxing, check this film out. If you don't like romance, like I said, easy peasy. Skip this like a stone across a pond. And no shame in that. The Hating Game gets an eight out of 11. So my future friends, the pick of the week is West Side Story getting a nationwide release. This is an adaptation of the 1957 musical. West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. This stars Rachel Ziegler, who is a newcomer, uh, but will be in Snow White and Shazam 2. Ansel Elgore from Baby Driver, Ariana DeBose from Hamilton, Brian R.C. James from Shrek the Musical, he played Shrek, Corey Stoll from House of Cards, and Rita Moreno from the original West Side Story. I'm of two minds on this, because Ansel Elgore has been accused of some pretty heinous stuff, and so far it is a he said, she said situation, but she has actually provided supposed messages that he sent, and it's, uh, it's not good. Though it's been over a year, uh, a year and a half at this point, nothing's happened, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It could just mean that she didn't want to press charges. It's, it's just not a good situation. The good news is that I think that the casting for West Side Story had already been done, and they had already started filming by this point. And why I say it's good news is because they didn't knowingly pick him after these allegations came out. So that's why I'm a little iffy on this. And that's it. I'm done talking about that part. If you're interested in looking more into it, you can find all the information online with a simple Google search. I just wanted to put that out there in case you didn't know. So now let's talk about West Side Story and why I do want to see it. It just looks good. 
It just looks so good. Steven Spielberg is a proven director. West Side Story is a classic movie. It's true that the original had some issues with representation, but then again, there's a lot of worse movies from back then, and so it's not that bad, but that doesn't mean it can't be improved upon in that sense. But now the question is, why did it need to be remade? Why did West Side Story, why did West Side Story need to be remade in the first place? And I can't answer that. I can't answer that because I'm not Steven Spielberg. I'm guessing he had some vision. He had some wonderful vision in his mind. And with the trailers coming out, everything I've seen so far, it looks good. It looks so good. And it looks like it's staying true to the original and not trying to make it some super modern thing, but also taking advantage of modern technology, which is a really important thing to do. You have a beloved old story. Don't f*** with it. But what you can do if you are going to remake it is just make it look prettier. And Steven Spielberg's vision for this just looks good. And I'm really glad that they got an unknown for Maria. I wish they did the same thing for Dude McBro, whatever his name is. Uh, what is his name? Tony. I wish they got an unknown to play Tony as well. But hey, we can't get everything we want. With a remake we have the benefit of already knowing if we're going to, at the very least, enjoy it. Not necessarily that's going to be good, but if you didn't like the original, there's a really good chance you're not going to like the new one. And one of the original cast members, Rita Moreno, is in this, and originally she wasn't going to be in it, but she was convinced to come back, and she's playing a character named Valentina, who is a reimagining of the character of Doc, who in the original saved Anita from being raped in his drugstore. So there's a wonderfully diverse cast. They brought back a legend for this. And it just looks good. It looks so good. And this is easy peasy. If you watched the trailer and you felt nothing, if you were like, nah, 100% nah, then don't even watch this. Watch something else. It's just that simple. And once again, that's, that's our own personal tastes. If you don't think this looks good, fine. But if you think this looks interesting at all, check this out. This may be even something worth seeing in theaters because it's gonna have that big musical feeling to it where the big screen and the surround sound is just gonna add that much to the experience. But as a bonus, I don't think that you'll be missing out if you do skip in the theaters. So my vote is that you should check this out, whether you check it out this week on the silver screen or you wait for it to come to streaming. Either way, check this out. Two main things going for it, directed by Steven Spielberg and a diverse reimagining of a classic. And a special little thing to end with, apparently Rachel Ziegler has played Maria on the stage before and Steven Spielberg said that she is the greatest Maria he has ever witnessed. My friends, if I am your movie magic eight ball, allow me to say that all signs point to yes. West Side Story gets a nine out of 11. Well, my future friends, as a reminder, this is going to be the last regular episode of the year. Let's just say that obviously my pick for the week of December 17th is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. There is no way, no way in hell that anything else could beat it. Even if one of the limited release movies coming out next week looks like a 
treasure of a film, Spider-Man No Way Home has the hype and it has that need to be seen on the big screen going for it. Disney and Marvel have done a fantastic job hyping this film. So obviously the pick for next week is Spider-Man No Way Home. And the pick for Christmas week is Matrix Resurrections. I mean, come on. Even though I'm excited for Sing 2 and The King's Man, Matrix Resurrections looks super good. Like a truly good idea for another Matrix movie when no one even asked for another one. No one asked for another Matrix, but it's coming out and it looks super good. And let me send you along your way with your closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also share the podcast, share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.